Good morning. I'm Angela Davis, and you're listening to NPR News. So glad you could be with us today. Do you know what Minnesota's state flag looks like? Well, right now, if you take a look at the NPR News Facebook page, you'll find a picture of the current Minnesota state flag. We put it there for the purpose of this conversation we're about to have. The state flag, of course, has a blue background. You probably remember that. And then the state seal is right there in the center. The state of Minnesota has appointed a commission to come up with a new design, and it is indeed a work in progress. But our new state flag, it could be flying as soon as next spring. But what meaning do flags actually have? And what makes a good flag? And why are they important? My guest today will try to answer these questions. But first, I do want to let you know that you can join the conversation too. What do you think the new state flag for Minnesota should look like? What colors or symbols would best represent the state? And tell us why. The phone lines are open. You can call us at 651 227-6000. Again, the number is 651-227-6000 or call 800-242-2828. Let's bring in our guest for the hour. We have with us Michael Green. Michael is somebody who studies flags. He is a published vexiologist, a speaker and a designer. And he's joining us from Indianapolis, Indiana this morning. Michael, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me, Angela. I'm really excited about this conversation. I've never interviewed a vexiologist before. This is a new (laughs) word for me. I love it. Also, I have with me in the studio, Patina Park. Patina is the executive director of Tribal State Relations for Governor Tim Walls and Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan. Welcome back to the program, Patina. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's kind of cool to be back in the station after COVID and everything. I know, in person. So, Michael, I want to start with you and just this idea of state flags. Uh, Why do we even... Even have state flags? Where did the idea come from? That's a great question. Uh, and you know what? They're not as old as people think that they are. They really started to come into use in the late 1800s. There was the World Columbian Exhibition in Chicago, and a lot of states were going to show up and have like uh, booths there. And the idea of a state flag kind of came about around that time. So a lot of them really were adopted in late 1800s or early 1900s. And I mean, the purpose of them kind of with every state flag is sort of just to be recognizable as a symbol of something abstract like a state. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, but we don't see, you know, warships with the Minnesota flag or anything like that. So they're a little bit less important than maybe national flags would be. Um, but they're still really important for the people of that state to have a symbol to rally around and have pride in. And so typically, where do we see state flags uh, flying? Well, that can vary. See, I'm from Texas. And so when you're down there, you see more Texas flags than you see American flags. (laughs) They are everywhere. You can't look anywhere on the skyline without seeing a Texas flag. But then you come to other states that have what we vexillologists call seals on bedsheets, where the flag's not that well designed. Mm -hmm. And you might only see that flag on top of the state capitol or, you know, state government buildings. Um, Like in New York City or in New York State, I've known people that lived there and they've they've never seen the flag at all their whole time living there. So it, it, it varies it wildly. Varies. And so as you hear about Minnesota, uh, uh, the, the, the state legislature, the governor d- deciding to make a, a commission to de- redesign the state flag, what do you think Minnesota should be thinking about uh, as this commission gets to work? Well, I think a good flag design always comes down to simplicity uh, and 
symbols that can unify everyone. Just a little bit back to Texas. I mean, the Texas flag is so simple and rooted in our history that the farthest political right and the farthest political left both fly that flag proudly. It is a unifying symbol of our state. And, you know, that's the challenge of a new state flag is to be simple enough to represent all to where everybody can fly that proudly. Mm. And Patina, um, the state is hoping to have a new flag uh, uh, created, designed and up by late spring of next year. And uh, let's start by talking about uh, what the current flag looks like. Yes. Well, one of the like one of the things I do in my job is I help manage and kind of lead the government to government relationship with each of the 11 sovereign nations uh, that share land with the state of Minnesota with a governor and lieutenant governor. And um, as soon as I started in March of 2020, uh, some of our first meetings with the tribal leaders the issue of the state flag and the state seal, because though the flag may not be as old, the state seal has been around since 1849. Mm-hmm. And the state seal itself is in, is featured in the center of the flag itself. And as you can see on the um, on your Facebook page or when you look at the seal itself, it has been updated, um, but it still has the same imagery from that early kind of manifest destiny kind of tone of um Minnesota being becoming farmland and you know becoming civilized uh, through settlement and the indigenous population kind of riding off into the sunset, um, which when you look back into the 1840s and 50s, that was exactly what was meant by that uh, seal and that imagery. And so for many of the tribal leaders and for indigenous populations within Minnesota, the seal itself is not necessarily welcoming. Yeah, as I look at it, and I, I actually had never taken a close look at it until this week as I started reading about this. Uh, it shows a farmer uh, with a plow tilling the soil. And the behind them, you can him, that farmer, you can see a Native American man on horseback uh, with the sun setting behind him. And so uh, what is problematic about that image? Well, and from the t- 1800s, when this was designed, that sun setting was representative of moving all the Indians west, like get, removing them, manifest destiny, civilization was moving across the country from east to west, from, you know, sea to shining, shining sea, right? And in the original seal, which was removed, was there was a rifle next to the farmer as a form, like to protect him, like, also against the indigenous people because the Dakota uprising, like there's a history here within Minnesota that is also reflected in those early seals. Uh, In fact, it was a soldier at Fort Snelling who designed the original seal that was used. And I know you'll hear people say things such as, well, that was that was the history that was way back then. Like, why do we worry about it now? But for tribal leaders and for tribal people, like that history is too, you can't remove it from that seal that is shown every time a bill is signed, the seal is used um, by the Secretary of State when the bill is filed in the office. And, you know, I I wanted to take a moment to talk also about the job that you currently have and also to give you an opportunity. I I stated what your job is, but I want you to take a moment to reintroduce yourself to everyone. Yeah, uh, well, uh, 
I, I'm the executive director, right? I have a, my, it's a, its own department within the governor's office, and we manage the government to government relationship with each of the 11 separate tribes. So there are seven Ojibwe and then the four Dakota uh, tribes. And so, um, it's really more of diplomacy and, you know, partnership and, and managing those relationships as well as, uh, working with the agencies, um, because building those relationships and improving that relationship has been a priority of both the governor and the lieutenant governor. And the flag and the seal have been a priority of the, of several of the tribal leaders since we first started meeting and since even prior to that with earlier governors um, because the government to government relationship goes all the way back to Ventura. And you told me in having meetings and having guests come to the state capitol, indigenous leaders, that you all have actually tried to cover up the state seal. We will remove um, if there's a podium that has the seal prominently in the front, we might drape it with something or uh, we, we will take pains because we want the space to be welcoming. Right, the state capital is the the building for the people, and so we want the space to be welcoming for all people, including the the tribal leaders who are coming into that space to meet with the governor or the lieutenant governor, or even just to be there for like Sovereignty Day, uh, which took mm-hmm. place a couple months ago with the legislature. So, Michael, as you hear the story about uh, what is problematic about the state flag and the state seal, what are your thoughts as a flag expert? You know, the most recent state flag changes, um, be it Mississippi and Georgia before that, were all sort of removing vestiges of the Confederate imagery and symbolism from their flags. And I think this this new second wave of new flag redesigns uh, is going to be about this issue, about removing sort of overtly um, offensive symbolism towards indigenous people. Massachusetts is also going through a very similar change right now where their current flag has some offensive imagery and uh, towards indigenous people. And so they're looking at redesigning just like Minnesota. So whether they say it's the the overt reason to change the flag or whether it's just one of many reasons to change it, I think this will be the second wave of state flag redesigns because of this. And then hopefully the third one is just hey, we want a better flag. But um, I think it's important to address these state flags that are not representative of all. And and when you look at them, you can't feel like you're represented by it. Mm. And, uh, you know, we reported, NPR News reported back in June that uh, this was going to be happening, that the state will be appointing a commission to redesign the flag. Uh, as I said earlier, about a month away uh, from hearing who's actually going to sit in on those discussions and make decisions. It is a work in proge- progress. But uh, the timeline is that, um, you know, uh, next month, the commission will meet in August, and they hope to approve a redesign of a new flag uh, by the time the legislature meets next year. That official new state flag should be flying by uh, our next statehood day, which is in May of next year. And there will be a forum that is open to the public to submit designs. Uh, no firm date on that announced as of yet. But Tina, what do you think about this process? Does that sound like what you would like to see? Is that a good way to do this? Well, and we do have, there are three... Um open appointments that the governor makes, and those are still open. So um, if uh, at the Secretary of State uh, website, you can find the open appointments and people can apply. But I looked just a little bit ago, and there's only like 12 people who have applied. So I encourage listeners to go and join, um, because this commissioner will be the ones 
um, who will be looking at all the different designs to make those decisions. It's the ultimate art contest. It is the ultimate art contest. Remember when you were a kid and the dare, like <laughs> calendar competition? Like, I mean, it feels, but why, why not, right? Anyone can submit and has a chance to be Who the design for the flag, right. right? Well, this is a good time for us to take some phone calls. If you're just joining us, we're talking about plans to redesign Minnesota state flag in the coming months. And I want to know, what do you think about uh, the the current flag that we have? What do you think the new state flag should look like? What colors or symbols would best represent Minnesota? Tell us why. Give us a call at 651 651- Two two seven six thousand, or you can call eight hundred two four two twenty eight twenty eight. Let's talk with some of our listeners uh, on hold in Roseville. Peter's on the phone. Good morning, Peter. What do you want to tell us about Minnesota state flag? Yeah. Um, so, I, I thank you for clarifying that the seal. I, I kind of always wondered about that, but it hasn't been really in the media a whole lot. Um, what I was wondering, however, is you refer to keeping the flag simple. You give the example of Texas. It, it you know, that, that's great because you have the left and right divide as you described it, but that leaves a lot of other people. Like, for instance, you didn't even, you didn't mention, no, no offense, but you didn't mention First Nations or Native Americans in that case. I'm curious what they think of the Texas state flag. Um, but, you know, is it always simple in iconography? I kind of like Maryland, to be honest, um, in some respects. Can it be busy? Would a field like the state um, seal, and we do need to have a state seal, whatever it may be, it's actually quite beautiful. Um, is that something that, just, and I'm talking about aesthetically, not mean, let's, let's fix that. Um, is that something that can be expanded to an entire field? Because is a state flag really a national symbol? Um, could you have a visual image of a field? And, and I think that would stand out. And I, I'm not sure that the busyness would be a problem. It could be quite beautiful. The New Mexico flag is awesome, but if you have 50 New Mexico flags, they don't mean anything anymore. So, Peter, it sounds like you've, you've studied flags. Are, you think you would submit a design? A <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and I'm not a good enough of a designer, so I actually went down the iconography route mm-hmm. um, with the North Star. But, but I thought a little bit more about that field. I was like, gosh, if you open up that field and made it flag-wide, and obviously we need a new state seal as well. It's not, mm-hmm. we, we can't just have a flag. Whatever that new state seal is, um, stylistically, if it's in that imagery, it could be quite beautiful. Mm. All right, that's Peter in Roseville. So uh, the seal is getting redesigned as well as the flag. And again, these things uh, exist separately because the seal, you said, goes on documents, right? Yeah, the commission is also looking at a redesign of the seal and a redesign of the flag. Mm-hmm. And I theoretically, it could be a single thing. Like if the seal to the caller's point is beautiful and they all decide no we just want to put it on a flag again or it could be like some of the designs that have been coming through it will be up to the commission to decide and patina what are your views i mean what do you think uh is definitely an image or color that should be on the redesign have you thought about this like what you would like to see you know personally i i am not a flag expert Mm -hmm. right but Minnesota, Minnesota, Makoche, like water, I think like to me, Mm -hmm. you know, the blue, the water, the waves, like there has to be some kind of representation that way for me. Um, And water is unifying to all humanity as well as all living things. But I will definitely leave it to the expert. I have not (laughs) (laughs) submitted design um, But what, I mean, should there be a a, a nod to indigenous people that is represented on on the seal or the flag? 
you know, I would leave that to the commission because there are there's imagery that is hum- like that embedded in humanity mm-hmm. that is also indigenous mm-hmm. that isn't necessarily, you know, mm-hmm. glaringly native per se, but you know about humanity, Michael. Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts uh, about what works well or what um, you know represents humanity? What's not offensive and what brings people together? You said a flag should unify. Sure. Yeah, the caller brings up a lot of really good points, and I'll try to touch on a few of them. Um, but I'll, I'll lean to Utah, who just redesigned their state flag successfully through a process like this. And one of the things they did, because they, of course, have a rich indigenous history, is they mm-hmm. stuck to symbols of the land who, when they had indigenous groups on the flag commission, they agreed that the land is what's sacred to them. The land is what sort of unifies all of us. Um, and is not, you know, it, it is sort of that unifying symbol. So I absolutely agree with y'all that the water and the lakes um, should be represented. And uh, to the point of, about sort of busyness, I think Maryland's flag, which I hope, I think everybody can sort of picture if they haven't seen I it. I can't like, describe uh, Maryland's flag. Uh, and I went to college there. I can't um, remember what Maryland's flag looks like. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's quartered. So there's four sort of quarters of the flag. Two of them are yellow and black and two of them are red and white. And they, it, basically it's drawn from old herald, heraldic uh, coats of arms of the two families that founded Maryland. Mm-hmm. And I think when we talk about all of this stuff, you, we need to sort of separate, first of all, the seal and the flag. I think that's the right move because they are functionally going to be viewed at different distances. So mm-hmm. seals are going to be on documents held in front of your face. Mm-hmm. Flags have to perform their job at a long distance, they have to perform their job as an emoji, you know, or it's very small distances. So Mm -hmm. um, we have to sort of separate aesthetics from design. And these are designed objects to do a job. And the job is to be representative as well as recognizable. And so the busyness of the Maryland flag, even though it's busy when you unfold it, it still does its job when there's no wind and it's just hanging on a flagpole. You can still look at that and go, oh, that's the Maryland flag because it has those unique colors and, and patterns. Um, with a blue seal you know, or very busy imagery, if it's hanging limp on a flagpole, you're not going to be able to look at that and go, oh, that's Minnesota. Mm. And so I think you know, there's, there's the aesthetics, but there's also the functionality. And flags, first and foremost, need to function. Right. Um, before they need to look. All right, let's talk with another listener. We're talking about the uh, upcoming uh, redesign of the Minnesota state flag. What do you think the new state flag should look like? What do you think about the current one? Give us a call at 651-227-6000 or 800-242-2828. Let's talk to one of our listeners in Burnsville. Nick is on the phone. Hi, Nick. Good morning. Oh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. So here's my suggestion is that we're the land of 10,000 lakes and Lake Superior. And it's very significant, this water on the landscape. So I would definitely keep the same blue background, which is very recognizable. But I suggest, similar to California with their bear symbol, that we go with a very simple uh, drawing of the uh, blue darner dragonfly. Uh, It's in all 87 counties. Uh, and it would be very recognizable. I think it would be a very unifying symbol. And if you want more information, you can talk to the Minnesota Dragonfly Society. All right, the Dragonfly. So, uh, there's, there's, uh, yeah. So th- why do you remember California's flag? Uh, you have that committed to memory. Uh, because it is simplistic in that way? 
Nick, are you still there? Uh, yeah, I'm still here. So it's just the, the bear with a star. So I'm not, sh- I'm not, I was just in California a couple mm-hmm. of months ago. So that's why I saw California. It. Is it against a white background? So it is recognizable from a distance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Nick in Burnsville. Uh, we're hearing that simplicity theme again, Michael. Uh, another state I know that you have looked at uh, their flag uh, was Mississippi. What did Mississippi do in their mm. redesign? Yeah. So they had their previous flag had the Confederate battle flag in the top left corner, the canton of the flag. And that obviously is a symbol that's charged. And a lot of people were looking at it and feel like that was not a flag that represented them. Um, So they finally decided to redesign it. Um, The commission sort of had some guidelines of what it had to have on it. Um, But they they ended up going with the magnolia flower, which is their state flower, and then a ring of stars and some, uh, you know, state colors of blue and red and gold. And so it's, I, I would give it a, a B minus because it still has words. And that's like rule number one on flag design is mm-hmm. if you need words on it, then you've already failed at <laughs> making a flag. Um, it's kind of like a, a door. Sticker, if you have to right? put, <laughs> exactly. If you have to put push or pull on a door, the door design has already failed. You should know when you walk up to it, what you need to do. And it's the same with flags. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely better than what they had. <laughs> I didn't know that some States had incorporated the Confederate flag as part of the design in the image. Um, mm. Yeah. But- Mississippi had the battle flag that is most recognizable to people as the Confederacy, but um, Georgia still has its current state flag is based off of the flag of the Confederate States of America, which a lot of people don't realize because the actual stars and bars is not what you think it is. It's not that, that X shape with the stars in it. And so um, that one is still to this day, a a sort of vestige of the Confederacy that has not been uh, updated. And now we get into the importance of flags and the meaning that they convey, the emotion that they can evoke. Just hearing you say Confederate flag, uh, what that does to me mm-hmm. as an African-American woman, but to see a Confederate flag, I mean, it might, it literally makes my blood pressure rise. So right. that gets into mm-hmm. the like, what we're talking about. Why are flags important? They have meaning. Yes, I mean, they do. And they're, they're simple symbols that inherently, you know, there's nothing that makes it racist or offensive it's more of the you know the attitudes and the history and the the people that fly it um you know they really are they become to mean what people want them to mean but not one person can do that it has to be a collective effort and so they're incredibly powerful and a lot of people think well i don't really care about flags but then when you start talking about it a lot of your listeners probably are feeling they're like oh i actually do care about flags like mm-hmm. the, i actually have a strong feeling about what minnesota's flag should be and um they they really they're just simple pieces of cloth but they can invoke the deepest emotions within us which is which is beautiful and which is why i love studying them and michael you shared that you grew up in texas and you've spent some time in the south um mm. what are the conversations that you hear around the confederate flag because again people have uh, very strong views but different views of of it when they see it flying on a on a home or in front of a business right well you know it's funny Obviously, I saw it a lot in Texas. You see it quite a bit when you're in the South. Today. Um, The people that fly it, yeah, they will probably try and defend flying it by saying, oh, well, it's our heritage, you know, it's whatever. And it's not meant to be a symbol of hate, but I think it's thinly veiled um, and it's not really their heritage because the battle flag that they're flying was one unit within the Confederacy. And so unless their family fought for that specific unit, 
certainly not their heritage. Um, so it shows that they don't know their, their flag history, but, um, yeah, you still see it. And, and I think it is meant to be a symbol of who's in charge and who is not. It's meant to be a divisive symbol. Um, and you know, but in some Southern States it is protected if the same sort of laws that protects the United States flag, which is crazy to this day that that's still on the books. Mm. And Patina, your thoughts about, um, again, the, the emotions that, uh, an image, a flag can evoke in someone that they do have meaning, they have power. They do have meaning power. I I was just thinking when we were talking about coming on the show, I was telling, trying to explain to my child about like coming on the show. And I was using 9-11 even as an example of after that moment, how how the American flag had a different meaning. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, how they, how even seeing it like evoked emotions like it never had before. Cause I told him, you know, I grew up, we pledged allegiance. I'm 53 to the flag and it never had any meaning to me. It was just, you know, we had pencils, erasers, rulers and the flag. It's like, but in that moment, like that, that event created a new meaning in the flag. I was like, and I said, so, you know, part of me hopes that maybe this commission can kind of renew and create a sense of identity and, and kind of like collective, like unity around a Minnesota flag that, you know, through stakeholder engagement, kind of getting out there where people f- like, like you had said, when we were talking, you didn't even notice the seat, like no one knows what the flag I'm, looks I'm like. I'm embarrassed that I had not studied it to actually see the images and, and be able to really identify it if someone had. I knew it had the blue background. You had me with the blue. I could I'd point that. But the seal, I just didn't know a lot about the details there. But here's a moment in time where we have an opportunity to create like excitement over mm-hmm. a new flag where people have a feeling, an emotion and a connection, hopefully, that where it kind of creates a one Minnesota feeling about the flag, which is really mm-hmm. something special. So it's exciting. We're talking about the upcoming redesign of the Minnesota state flag. And I, I want to know what you what you think about this, the current flag, what the new flag could look like, what colors or symbols would best represent the state. Tell us, uh, call us at 651-227-6000 or 800-242-2828 in Apple Valley. Bruce is on the phone. Hi, Bruce. What do you want to tell us about this? Hi, thank you for your show and all the mm-hmm. variety of topics you cover. Um, regarding the Minnesota flag, I kind of like uh, we celebrate seasons here in Minnesota, all four seasons. Yeah. So I think uh, obviously you want blue and green on there for the lakes and water and the uh, fields. Uh, but also if they could somehow incorporate some orange, red, and yellow for the fall colors and then uh, white for the winter and then the North Star. Now, I was thinking about horizontal stripes for the colors and predominantly blue and green, but, you know, including the other ones. So somehow incorporating all these different colors to celebrate the fall and so forth. And the only symbol I can think of right now is the North Star. So anyway. Wow. Whoa, Bruce, that's a lot. That sounds busy to me, Bruce. That sounds like a lot going on. I don't know. And then you say the seasons. I think about what about construction season, Bruce? We should put a, a some orange with like the, the, the road construction you know, the barrels, and then maybe you put a, a snow plow. You think about winter. I mean, <laughs> I like all the ideas, Bruce, but you're, are you excited about this idea of change? Because not everybody likes change. Are you on board with changing the flag? Well, I'm excited to see what comes out of it because they, I'd like to see a new flag. The seal is not so fun. Um, but there was a flag that had just blue and green and the North Star. And I thought that was too simple. So I'd like something a little bit more elaborate. And so that's, I, I don't mind a variety of colors if they can incorporate it. 
because uh, I, I like something a little bit more elaborate than just uh, maybe two or three colors. So anyway. Mm-hmm. Thank you. That's Bruce in Apple Valley. And then I have in here my notes, too. There was an attempt, I guess, back in the late 80s, right, mm-hmm. uh, to redesign the, the flag and, and that the, the, the state legislature didn't approve it. Uh, what do we know about that? Uh, Michael yeah, or Patina? I mean, Michael? As- yeah, as Bruce was talking, I was like, he's describing what came out of 1989, which is called the North Star flag. And I, I, I also own a flag company and we sell the North Star flag as really the we don't, that's the only Minnesota flag we sell. And it sells fantastically, even to this day. What it's does stuck it look around. like? Just you can describe see- it. Yeah, so it's it's mostly blue. It has a green uh, thing on the bottom, and then there's a white wave that kind of goes along the bottom third, and then there's just one north star up in the top left in gold. And it is a beautiful flag design. And what I think, what I as a vexillologist kind of look at is like flags, they're measured by how well they're used and how much they're used. That, that's the real measure of if it's a good flag or not. And the north star flag has stood the test of time. It's older than I am. And it uh, is still used to this day. You can go to a Minnesota United game and see it. You can see it all around the state. But and it never got approval in the state legislature. So it never became the official state flag. Correct. But I think, you know, of all the redesigns that have that have come out, that's the one that's sort of been the most popular. And I think, you know, if I was the state of Minnesota, I would be like, well, hey, this one's already got a ton of public adoption. Mm-hmm. You know, we, it's it's sort of like already sort of won the public vote. Um you could, you know, save but the could time. Come back. Just, <laughs> yeah, very well. Uh, Patina, yeah. are you familiar with the this North Star flag? What are your thoughts? I am. Um, I think it's actually one of the flags that's on the page with all of the proposals. Oh, okay. So and some people have running. tweaked it even a little, mm-hmm. made the star a little smaller, a little bigger, um, played with the colors. So I think um, the commission... Need, like needs even more stakeholder right. engagement because there's a lot of communities um, that probably haven't been reached. I think right. just how diverse mm-hmm. Minnesota is um, with our immigrant Today. population, mm-hmm. like that probably have never even thought about it, that no one has asked that I think also should have an opportunity to so we could find to have this. a voice yeah. build, build of, upon. of what their ideas are too. Before we continue, I have more news, more details for you. Coming in from the state capitol from my colleague, Brian Baxt, one of our political reporters who covers the state capitol for us here at NPR News. And Brian wanted me to share this with you all, more details about this process. And Brian tells us that people have started signing up to serve on that special panel that will design the new Minnesota uh, seal and the state flag. The selection process for the State Emblems Redesign Commission. That's what it's called, State Emblems Redesign Commission. Now, these, uh, the selection process, it has to be completed by August 1st. So we've got some time here. 13 people will make up the commission, and Brian says that the governor will make three picks and the rest will be done by entities representing various ethnic groups or government agencies. Those applications will be accepted through July 20th. So today is July 6th, I think. Don't quiz me on this. Uh, But the applications will be accepted through July 20th. So if you want to get on this, there's still time. Members have until the end of the year to decide on a new state seal and a design for the flag. And and then at the end of the process, uh, Brian wants you to know that the legislature can veto the new emblems, but they must do so by May 11th, which is Statehood Day. And as of this morning, uh, 12 applicants uh, are are being considered. Patina, anything to add to that? I would just add it's um, like they have 
been intentional about including uh, one Dakota representative and one Ojibwe that will be selected by the Minnesota Indian Affairs Council. Mm -hmm. And each of the ethnic councils has uh, an appointment uh, with the governor, with the three public. And so it'll be a nice, diverse group. And then the legislative appointees, too. But the legislative representatives, I don't believe under the statute, have voting. They don't get to select because they get to vote later. Mm -hmm. They could veto it, right? So... Um, We've got it, some time. People who yeah. are like want to be included in this, there's still some time. Let's, let's talk to more of our listeners. We're talking about the redesign of the Minnesota State flag and take a phone call from Minneapolis. Uh, this is Craig on the line. Good morning, Craig. What do you want to share with us? Good morning. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I, I'm Native Hawaiian and I moved to uh, Minnesota some time ago. And as soon as I saw the flag here, I was instantly offended and I didn't know how it could <laughs> be tolerated for the decades that I've lived here. Um, I, I, I am a big fan of a page, a Facebook page called Minnesotans for a Better Flag. And on that page, you'll see lots of different ideas that have been uh, shared over the past nearly decade. And um, one of my favorites is done by a person named Troy Larson, who's a graphic designer based in Minneapolis. And it's a simple blue and white flag with a Dakota star in the middle. And a Dakota star is an eight-point star, um, but it also has other references. It's a common icon that you see in quilting and also uh, has Nordic references. And Troy based this flag um, on a very simple modern Nordic design, uh, which compares a lot to the flag of Greenland. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think it's, it's simplicity is what I find appealing and also the many references that it makes. So, for example... Well, quick, uh, I have children, a question. I, I want a question. You said yeah. that you've been offended by the state flag for years, and you also said that you're native. So what describe to us what is offensive about the current state flag and the seal? Well, from the moment I saw it, I saw it as white people uh, moving into native indigenous land and um you know the first time i saw it there was a gun on the seal and uh to me that communicated that they were being evicted from this land and pushed off to the sunset or the dakotas so i <laughs> i'm not native to minnesota but i am native to hawaii and i was very disturbed by that mm -hmm. and so the the image that patina and i were talking about of uh, the farmer tilling the soil and then you have an um a native american man on a horse um in the background um this yeah, is it's the ultimate symbol of colonialism in my opinion mm -hmm. yeah all right yeah. that's craig in minneapolis let's take another phone call thank you craig in eveleth uh zachary is on the phone zachary what are your thoughts about the state flag and how it could be improved um yeah thanks for taking my call good morning mm -hmm. i also find the the seal pretty offensive uh, it does look like, yeah, basically a white guy on a horse kicking um, natives off the land. And my idea, now it doesn't sound very original, um, but I was thinking more of something very simple and elegant as well, um, keeping the blue, maybe half the flag, the bottom part, or like maybe two-thirds of it, and then the top part being white, and that's like the, the sky, the clouds, and the water, sky-tinted waters, and then the North Star as well. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like the idea of the eight-planet star, which is, he was saying, is native. That would be pretty cool as well. Um, and also, I do study flags, and uh, I always liked Nepal's flag. It's the only flag that's not a rectangle, but I think that might be, just be distracting mm. if we had a different shape. 
Cool. Thank you. Uh, Zachary there and Evelyn, someone else who studies flags uh, in West St. Paul. Art is on the phone. Good morning, Art. What are your thoughts about a, a new state flag? Well, like I said earlier, that uh, I th- think it should be shaped like the state of Minnesota and emblems on it or colors of different things of the history of the state, like uh, headwaters in Mississippi, like flower, mm-hmm. like wheat fields, mm-hmm. and the colors of different things like forestry and uh, history. Make it look like the history of Minnesota, all the history. I can see that. Yes, thank you. Art in West St. Paul. Uh, let's go to Mendota Heights. Uh, Mike is on the phone. Mike, what are your thoughts about what a new state flag could look like for us here in Minnesota? Yeah, thanks for taking the call. Um, yeah, you know, I was in Yukon a number of years ago on a canoe trip and fell in love with the flag of the Yukon. It's probably the prettiest, it's not really a state, it's a provincial flag, I guess. Uh, and one of the members on, of our party liked it so well, he put it on the front of his canoe. And uh, so we had that the entire trip. But the, that, that flag has a husky on it, Alaskan husky, and a... Um, uh, fireweed, which is a very common flower that grows all over up there, and uh, the colors are beautiful. There's gold specks to represent the gold that was found in the, uh, and there's lots of blue for the waters. Anyway, for Minnesota, I would say uh, something that would incorporate water. We have so much water, you know, lakes and rivers. Mm-hmm. You can't go very far without running into water in Minnesota. That's true. And, uh, you know, something to, it wouldn't necessarily have to be a, a realistic, um, you know, images, but something, you know, the Ukraine flag, for instance, is simple blue and yellow. The yellow represents corn and wheat and the blue, the sky. And so, um, yeah, something that would represent the all the water, the green northern forests, the... Um, I guess uh, just the, the maybe to the nature. stars yeah. to represent all the different immigrant mm-hmm. groups that, that have come here, including the uh, American Indians who came here centuries ago. So that, those would be, and, and I think of a city like Hastings, which uses the river as a symbol of a representative of it's a, like the logo for the city itself. And so, so anyway, I, I think incorporating all those elements into a uh, state flag would be the way to go. Thank you, Mike. Um, Michael, I'm hearing some themes. Are you hearing the themes, Michael? Uh, uh, water, Absolutely. trees, the North Star, right? <laughs> yeah, so many good points have been brought up. Um, I've seen the design that one of the callers was talking about with just the Dakota Star in the middle. It's a beautiful design and I think would be a beautiful flag if that was adopted or something like that. Um, I think it's interesting that one caller pointed out Ukraine because as as we all kind of saw a surge of the Ukrainian flag used last year, um, a lot of people were commenting on how beautiful and simple it is and how it represents, you know, the wheat fields and the sky. It's really beautiful. But I think what's funny is whenever we, everybody's thinking about redesigning, they're like, well, I can't just do two colors. I mean, that would just be too simple. You know, so it's like the best flags are the simplest. But then as we redesign, it's almost like, there's a line to which it's too simple and nobody will mm-hmm. entertain, you know, a Minnesota flag just being two colors or something like that, even though it would be beautiful and usable and, you know, people can remix it and do all kinds of things. We're talking about redesigning the Minnesota state flag and I'm taking your phone calls. Uh, let's go to Red Wing where we have Alex and Candace, Alex and Candace on the line. Good morning to you. 
thank you for taking our call. Sure. Candace and I are kind of upset that the legislature would even consider changing our flag. I'm a long-term friend of the Red Wing family, Kenny Red Wing, long-term forever and mm-hmm. has said to me, and he's a Native American, that, and he left the reservation at Prairie Island, and he said, we need to integrate this community and this nation. And he said that in the 1980s, when the unemployment was terrible and people were in terrible condition. Uh, I think what's going on at the legislature in Candace is even more strong, is we're dividing this state and this nation more by, instead of integrating, by segregating. And I don't want to say minority groups, but some groups think we have to change our history. And we disagree. We know the history was violent. We know that. Kenny Redwing knew that. But he said integration is going to bring our country together and our nation together. And we see it going the other way. And we see the right wing and the left wing of the political movement doing that. And we are against changing things that are part of our history. History could be bloody and it can be beautiful. But where we're, where, where we're at, where we're at, we're we disagree with changing the flag and embracing the good and the bad and integrating our society. And, and uh, Alex, I know that there are many people who, who do not uh, want to see change. Um, but I'm curious, too, about your affection for the state flag. Is it, do you have the flag up at your house? Do, is it someplace yeah. you have a yeah, flag? Mm-hmm. We, have, we have the Minnesota flag here on our farmstead. We have the U.S. flag. We have our what I call our Vietnam veteran never forgotten flag here. Mm-hmm. Our Lions Club uses the Minnesota flag and the U.S. flag and the never forgotten flag when we meet together at the Legion. Uh, I think uh, I I just think the changing things around because of somebody's bad history, um, whether they own slaves or were wealthy, um, because a certain minority is offended is wrong. I mean, again, all right, that's uh, Alex and Candace and Red Wing. Um, Alex speaks for a lot of people, um, you know, whether uh, yeah. you choose to, you know, agree with him or not. He speaks for a lot of people in the state and in this country. And, and Michael, what do you think about what he had to say? Yeah, anytime there's a flag changing, you're going to have a contingent um, that just doesn't want change because they think it's erasing history. But m- what I'll say to this is, A, you can't change the history. It happened, and it's always going to be taught. It's the purpose of the flag. Is it a symbol of the history, or is it a modern symbol that we should be using to represent all? And I think that's the real debate here. And, you know, when you look back at, like, Georgia and places like that, when they're taking down Confederate monuments, it's all kind of the same thing. It's, It's not erasing history, but maybe we should do better at taking history and putting it in context and being okay with having new symbols that are more inclusive and more people can find their identity in it. Whereas the old symbols, they're never going to feel like it represents them. And that's not what we should want uh, as a state. So it, I don't believe it's erasing history. Um, I think it's just putting history in context and using flags for their intended purpose. Do you know, but there's an irony to this too, because if you do look at the history of the state seal. The original seal that was approved by the Minnesota legislation was not the one that the state started using. 
Governor Sibley would mm. not sign it. The original seal said liberty and union now and forever, one and um, inseparable. And it showed farmers facing the, the native person working together. So the legislature actually wanted to encompass a more unified kind of collective vision and a single governor ended that. So actually, if we want to be like honor the history of a more representative view, what the seal we started using didn't actually do that. So we have a opportunity here to start over and have a more unified view again and collective view of what the, the seal and what the flag should look like. And so, Michael, from uh, the states that you have studied who have taken on this task of uh, creating change and, and designing a new flag, what, what lessons um, were, were learned there that you could share with, with the people here in Minnesota who are embarking up, upon this? There won't be agreement, but there will be, a, I think, an honest right. effort to try to, to make a lot of people happy. Right. I mean, it's it's always going to be fraught. There's always going to be dissension and disagreement because a lot of people look at something like a flag as subjective, uh, like art. But I, I would just always say to remind that it is a piece of design and it has a purpose and a function and it can pass or fail doing that function. And that's a good starting point. Um, the North American Vexillological Association, which is just the, the group <laughs> of flag nerds like me, uh, there's five rules of flag design that are a great starting point of just, you know, make it simple, no words, no seals, etc. cetera. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I think lately it's become very divisive and it's sort of taken on a political, you know, a partisan tint on who is trying to design, redesign the flag, which is, I, I think, misguided. Um, but I, I would just look to Canada, you know, like, like a lot of great things from up north. They changed their flag back in like the 1950s and 60s. And of course, there was a ton of, you know, oh, it should be this, it should be this. But they came to a beautiful design that is now I mean, you can't look anywhere in Canada without seeing that. Mm, so that is true. You can get through yeah. it. You can get a great symbol and it can be, you know, years after the, the initial sort of hubbub around it all, it can be one of the most widely loved and, and adopted symbols. So there is hope. <laughs> <laughs> Bettina, we just have 30 seconds left. Uh, what would you want people to know about participating in the process? Just to participate, right? Join in when the stakeholder announcements are out. However, the group does it. Join in and get your voice heard. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I want to thank our, our guests today and also thank our callers with all of their uh, ideas on the Minnesota state flag and this process of redesigning it. We've been talking with a, a published vexiologist, Michael Green, someone who studies flags. Uh, thank you, Michael, for all that you share with us, your expertise on this topic. And Patina Park, the executive director of Tribal State Relations for Governor Walls. Uh, this conversation was produced by Matthew Alvarez. Be safe, everybody, and have a good day. Thanks for listening to a recording of my live radio show on NPR News. A reminder that if you want to catch my show in real time, tune in and call in weekdays at 9 a.m.